You are listening to Better Golf Academy with me, Hanju Lee. This is episode five. Well, hello everyone. Okay, here's the thing. We all want to get better at golf. But for whatever the reason, our game just doesn't improve. Sound familiar? Okay, well, I'm here to share the best secrets of improving your score. This podcast is not about giving you swing techniques or swing tips, but it's about giving you specific strategies, a tangible plan, and fun ways to improve your score. So welcome to Better Golf Academy Podcast. You ready? All right, here we go. Well, hi again. Thank you for being here today, listening to Better Golf Academy. I am your host, Hanju Lee, and I'm here to just share some thoughts on how we can all improve our golf game. And how are you doing today? Me? I am doing awesome. This is my fifth episode of the podcast, so I am in the groove of figuring out the process and trying to make it more efficient week by week. Um, also, I'm getting more and more inspired as I'm seeing all the podcast downloads and knowing that you guys are listening and really enjoying the content. And I really want to give a shout out to Jonathan, who just left me a five-star review. And honestly, these types of feedback really gets me pumped up. So please keep it coming. And Jonathan writes, um, I've been lucky enough to share more than a few rounds of golf with Hanju. And as you can see, he's a good friend of mine. And um, he says, it's undeniable that he loves the game. You'll quickly realize that his passion for golf transcends the course and overflows to his daily life. As evident by the myriad example analogy he provides on the podcast. Best of all, the information is delivered in a fun and organized way, a testament to Hanju's personality. That's me. Now, I've never thrown a golf club or yelled on the course. Uh, Jonathan might be referring to my episode one about me throwing my club. But the lessons are still applicable more than ever and are a great reminder for everyday life. Really, this is a live podcast, guys as a golf podcast. And Hanju talks about being intentional with your practice, offers insights into how to be present here and now, my, that's my episode two, and gives practical strategies to succeed in any pressure situation. I'm glad Hanju created this podcast and I can't wait for more. In the meantime, I'm going to work on my ego and acceptance because the only way to attack the par fives is in two shots. Long and straight baby. <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan. I really appreciate the well thought out and heartfelt review. And well, for the par fives that you're talking about, not everyone can hit a 300 plus yard drive like you, bro. And it's awesome to know that someone of your caliber can listen to this podcast and still get stuff out of it. And also, I love what you said about this being the life podcast, guys, as a golf podcast. As you may all figured out, I do reference life a lot and i do truly believe that there are great parallels with golf and life don't believe me okay just keep listening hey i, I wanted to do something a bit different for this episode um, i usually like to include very tangible exercises or actionable items for you to work on but for this one i just want to introduce an idea 
and some science that backs it up, hoping that it will make sense of how our mind and body works together and how it can inspire us to think differently about improving our game. So today I want to talk about practicing. I know I started this podcast on episode one talking about the reason why we just don't improve in our game. And mostly it's from our lack of practice. And I talked about how to analyze our game to figure out what specific skills to work on. But today I want to go a step deeper and talk about what practice really is and how to do it well so that you can get the most out of it and so that you can know that you are positioning your practice for best improvement and so that you are dreaming big dreams and so that you are being motivated to keep doing it. So what is practice? It's a repetition of an action with a goal of improvement. And with repetition, it will help us perform with more ease, speed, and accuracy and confidence. Okay, do you guys all agree with this? Practice is something we do over and over and over again until we feel like we have a pretty good feel for it. And the outcome of this very practice is producing similar or even exact result each time. And the more you do it, the better you'll get, even to the point of mastery. Well, for most sports, I don't know if anyone will ever admit that they will reach mastery level in golf. But speaking of mastery, here's Bruce Lee's quote about practice. He says, I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks once, but I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. All right, come on. We can't have a golf podcast without Bruce Lee quote, right? So let me repeat the definition of practice. Practice is a repetition of an action with a goal of improvement. When I was in high school, I was on the golf team. And just an FYI, golf wasn't all that popular back then. This was before Tiger was dominated the game and made it somewhat cool amongst the young people. Anyway, I would work on my game every day. And fortunately and unfortunately, I had a pretty decent-sized backyard that was all grass. Unfortunate because I had to mow it once a week. And fortunate because it was a great private area for me to practice my chipping. So I would come home from school and made a round circle with this garden hose that was laying on the grass. And I would then pace like 30 yards to the other side and I would hit exactly 50 balls towards this imaginary green boundary that I just made with the garden hose. The goal was that I wanted to make 90% of my chips inside the circle. And each day I would make this circle like smaller and smaller. So this was a repetitive drill that I didn't even know the true effects of how this will help me get better. All I knew was that someone told me that if I kept doing it over and over again, I will get better. And now it all makes sense to me. And this is why. Okay, here's, here's a question. What does practice do to our brains that makes us get better? If you haven't read the book called The Talent Code by Dan Coyle, I highly, highly recommend it. It will help you understand how your brain works in mastering a skill. Okay, so 
a lot of this, what I'm going to talk about today is going to come from this book. He says this, our brains have two kinds of neural tissues, okay? There's a gray matter and there's a white matter. Hmm. The gray matter processes the information in the brain while the white matter is made up of this fatty tissue and nerve fibers. Kind of like, oh, okay, it's kind of useless. So in order for our bodies to move, the information needs to travel from the brain's gray matter, where all the information is being processed, down the spinal cords, through the nerve fibers, to finally to our muscles, okay? And let's call this path like neural pathways, okay? The scientist has found these fatty substances that I thought was useless wrapped around this neural pathway insulates this pathway and this substance is called myelin okay this is huge we're all going to talk about myelin for the rest of the podcast okay and they didn't think that this was significant until they discovered that this myelin covering actually changes throughout the activity of repeated motion like what okay so check this out when they were testing rats a rat that exercised the same motion over and over again developed the thick layers upon layers of myelin around their neural pathways. Okay, so what's this got to do with anything? Well, this myelin, this insulation covering the neural pathways, prevents energy loss while your information is traveling through the nerve fibers to your muscles. In fact, with Every repeated activity, the layer of the myelin increases, making the information travel so much faster. The more layers, the greater the insulation, creating a super highway from your brain to your muscles. Whoa. Okay, so what does all this mean? It means that right now, repetitive and effective practice is the best way we have of pushing our individual limits to achieving new heights and to maximize our fullest potential. So what's that mean for us golfers? It means that if we want to get better at golf, we need to increase the layer of myelin by repeating the process over and over again, creating a super highway of information traveling into our muscles. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Okay, but not just about repetitive actions, it requires a little more than that because we all know that practice is the key to success but what we don't know is what specific kind of practice that can increase the skill up to 10 times faster than just a standard conventional practice. And there are three main elements that work together that adds crazy amount of speed and accuracy to your movement and to your thoughts. And honestly, the scientists have discovered that this myelin thing is the secret holy grail of talent. Okay, this is just crazy talk. All right, so let's unpack these three elements together, okay? All right, element number one, deep practice is required. So we keep talking about repetition, but it's not only the repeating a task over and over again, like what the mouse was doing. It's exercising what you call deep practice. And what is deep practice? It's deliberate or purposeful practice. It's an idea that you're always practicing something that's a bit difficult to achieve. So imagine there are like three different zones in, the, in difficulties in what you're trying to achieve, right? There's a comfort zone. 
there's a stretch zone and there's a snap zone, okay? Comfort zone is somewhere where you are doing what you're already pretty good at and it comes easy and you can achieve it most of the time, okay? Snap zone is like not reachable <laughs> and it's too difficult to even think about doing, right? You don't want to go there. Like me, like tight roping while juggling. That's that's my snap zone, okay? But correct zone practice is called the stretch zone. That's where you are achieving around 40% of your goal. The idea here is that struggle isn't an option when you practice. It's the biological requirement for improvement. So struggle is a requirement for improvement. And you have to struggle to improve. Do you know about the Brazilian soccer players? Okay, well, I didn't either until I read this. Brazil produces unusually high percentage of world's best soccer players. In fact, if you Google which country has won the most World Cups, the answer is Brazil with five. Okay, that's interesting, right? So the next question is why? Why Brazil? Well, after much study, they found that in Brazil, an unusual game is played that resembles soccer for the first 12 years of these players' lives. Okay, it's called Futebol de Salão. It's played with a smaller ball, which creates lots of room for error. The room is tiny, okay, which creates a, like a very narrow pathways for control. Also, defense is tight, which continues to force you to make mistakes over and over again. And each player touches the ball like 600% more times than regular soccer. You can look all this stuff up. It's truly fascinating. So why does this game produce such high level of skilled soccer players? Because it keeps you in the stretch zone, struggling with only 40% of success. And with those errors, they're making small, intense corrections over and over again. They don't even know it. The golden second happens right after the error. And it's when you are leaning into the error, experiencing the mistake and fixing it. And the finding and fixing of the error is the core of this process. Okay, so have you been on the course and something just doesn't feel right? You're, you're pushing all your drives to the right or you're topping all your mid-irons or you're yanking all your short putts or you're duffing all your chips and you're so frustrated and you're thinking to yourself, what the heck is going on? Well, this is your opportunity for the magic to happen. So now imagine yourself taking a several large bucket of balls out to the range to fix that very error you experienced out there. So imagine yourself putting on your like wireless headphones and playing your favorite music playlist. And now imagine yourself for the next few hours, you're leaning into this error. You're experiencing the mistake. You're fixing it. You're making small adjustments through trial and error. You're finding the fix. You're repeating it over and over again until your errors are progressing beyond 40%. And you keep repeating it over and over again. This is the core of the process. This is when the magic happens. The second element is called ignition. We all need to be ignited. Okay, we all need a little motivation to go out there and practice, right? But what separates a low handicapper or the high achiever from the rest? Okay, answer this question. How bad do you want to get better? Some, maybe the most of us weekend golfers are okay with where we're at right now. Golf is just another hobby that we can enjoy once a month or three, four times a year and we can 
have a totally low expectations with it. Let's just go out with a couple of your friends and have a great time. And if that's you, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. In fact, maybe I have it all wrong, right? But if you're tired of sucking and you really want to get better and you just love this game, I suspect that you already have this second secret sauce called passion. We all know what passion is. It's a higher level of commitment born out of our deep unconscious desires. But what ignites this passion within us to want to go out and get better? What ignites us to be willing to spend the next 10,000 hours becoming who we want to become? Okay, this, this is really interesting. Dan Coyle, the author, talks about this passion being triggered by certain primal cues. He said, when you ask these incredible, talented people the source of their passion, the question strikes most of them as like kind of ridiculous. And the universal response to this question is they, they shrug and they say something like, I don't know, I've always felt that way. But he says, ignition comes from a distinct signal, something from your family, your home, people you've encountered, experience you've went through, a signal sparked an intense unconscious response that created this idea within you that said, hey, I want to be like them or hey, I want to do that or I can do that. This ignition leads to motivation and this motivation is strong enough to overcome any failures or mistakes and push through 10,000 plus hours. I've also heard that this ignition can come from pain. I heard recently that tracing the history of these high endurance athletes like Ironman winners and ultra marathon winners, they come from history of some type of pain. There are also study done to uncover this question. Do orphans rule the world? This study was done by Martin Eisenstadt, um, a clinical psychologist from Long Island who tracked the parental histories of every person who was famous. And he determined like this person's fame by um, if they were respected enough to earn a half page or longer entry in the encyclopedia. Do you guys remember the encyclopedia? <laughs> All right, this was done in the 1970s, so bear with me. I think these results were just crazy, okay? Julius Caesar and Napoleon, they, they lost their father when, when they were 15. Lincoln lost his mother when he was nine. Gandhi lost his father when he was 15. Michelangelo lost his mother when he was six. Mark Twain. Okay, 50 Cent, Jimi Hendrix, John Lennon, Bono, the list goes on and on. That this deep pain was rooted within them at an early age that ignited something. So you're like, wait, so the only way to get ignited with this passion to become great is through pain? What if I don't have that? But he also talks about another set of cues. Okay, so which is when someone realizes that they too could achieve something and that moment when they believe it, when you unconsciously make this statement in your head, if they can do it, why can't I? And that's, that's what he calls the golden moment. That's where your passion can ignite. Isn't this great stuff? I just love this stuff. Okay, so element number three master coaching okay so let's not get crazy and think we can do all this on our own this is never done it always takes a village for golf and for anything else it requires mentors teachers friends 
but I want to focus on the coaches and what makes a great coach in golf. So I took a lesson a while back that really <laughs> messed me up. It took me a long time to recover from it, and it took me a spiral down to a deep, deep uh, soul search. Okay, So I had this sense from this coach that I was doing it all wrong, and, um, and I've been doing it all wrong on my life, and I don't have what it takes to get it right because – what this coach started teaching me was an entire new method of swing. He was trying to revamp everything that I was doing. He was trying to reteach me the swing from scratch, from what he thought was the right way. This is absolutely the worst case scenario. We all need a coach, but we need the right coach. Right coach is who makes your talent blossom. It's called master coaching. Their skill is to bring forth the talent within by teaching the players to problem solve without them. Boom! Mind blown. Okay, I love unconventional swing that results in champions. Okay, let's look at some professional golfers. Ready? Jim Ferrick, crazy swing. Matthew Wolf, have you seen his swing lately? You should look it up. Ho Sung Choi. Okay, I read about his story. He has the fisherman swing, they call it. Because during his work on a fisherman boat, he lost his right thumb and learned how to play by putting his whole body off balance and developing a unique swing. Okay, so have a coach who takes your current skills and bring forth the talent within by helping you solve the problems on your own. This is a huge, huge key to your improvement success. Aren't you glad like Jim Ferrick's coach didn't say, dude, what are you doing? Let me show you how to do it the right way. But he saw his talent and taught him the skill to bring forth the talent and taught him to problem solve on his own. Okay, remember I talked about putting on your headphones to your favorite playlist, spending hours fixing your problem. Okay, remember I said that's where the magic happens. Well, that's the secret sauce, y'all. That's the secret sauce. I don't know about you, but when I see an incredible talent out there on the golf course, especially when I'm at a professional golf tournament watching from the outside of the ropes, I'm immediately intimidated. And I think to myself, holy cow, like how lucky that that person was born with that kind of talent. I'll never reach that level. I just don't. I just wasn't born with it. But now I'm realizing the opposite is learning to believe that the greatness isn't born, it's grown. That talent isn't something you were given, it's something you make. All right, let's keep grinding. Let's keep believing. Let's keep learning. And let's keep getting better together. Yeah? Are you pumped like I am right now? Okay, let's do this. Hey, and thank you for listening to Better Golf Academy. Have an awesome week. Bye.